Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's no wonder... Welcome into Cody and Gold, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Cody Tapp with you here on a Tuesday. Gold's out. Nick Schwartz on the other side of the glass. We've got two-thirds of the show back. Full show back tomorrow. What will bring us back into the normalcy of the Chiefs' regular season and what will take place in the rest of the regular season. But that's on hold a little bit. In the NFL, until we find out more on what is happening with DeMar Hamlin. I know to this point of the show that there's been a lot going on, and this has been discussed quite a bit um, amongst all the shows, the national, here locally, and so on. Because what happened last night was something so scary that it actually shook the NFL. More often than not, when... Serious injuries occur on the field when we watch fencing responses like that of Tua. When you see people give the thumbs up being carried off the field on a stretcher, you still have that sense of normalcy return as the NFL is a thing that just keeps moving. That's commonly what happens. They just continue play. The game goes on. You start discussing other things in the game. And then afterwards, you start discussing the injury or the scary moment that occurred. But it was so bad last night with DeMar Hamlin that they paused and suspended an NFL game indefinitely until they make another announcement about what is happening last night. It was obviously one of, if not the, scariest moment that's happened in an NFL game, at least certainly the one that I can remember. There are other instances I know that have taken place when I was younger or things like that that don't stand out as much. But when you watch... When you watched that last night and you saw the teammates' reaction, the coaches' reaction, certainly everyone's response in the field, you realized how serious it was for DeMar Hamlin. I'm glad they didn't keep playing football. I know that we can ask, and I think it's okay to be curious about what happens, what happens with the rest of the all those things that will occur uh, later in the show, later in the week, and all these things that happen. But last night, everyone's instant reaction was right. Is this young man going to be okay? I think that's where everyone's immediate thought went. And I think that that was the right moment to have when you watch someone go into cardiac arrest on a football field. Because initially, it it did seem so innocuous like they kind of went to break seeming like it was somewhat like a normal guy stood up fell back and you thought okay maybe he maybe he got a concussion or the things that you're used to seeing on an NFL field only that when you come back you realized how much more serious it was so I know that it's a difficult conversation for a lot of people especially because anybody who's dealt with the suddenness of this stuff has it come back in I'm glad he made it through the night to this point, and you hope that you hear more good news today because last night was a pretty stark reminder for the NFL just how dangerous it can be. And I don't think that that means we're sensationalizing it or that the NFL will not go on. But, I mean, 
You don't see NFL games paused for moments that happen on the field with injuries very often or ever. And in that moment, Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott and the players had to step away from the field to no longer play that game after he went into cardiac arrest. And I think that part of it made it very challenging to like, cause I, everybody kind of responds to those things differently. I'm the like, can't look away. I wanted to see if they were going to have more information, wanted to see if he got there. I, and I know that later into the night, the more you were watching it, you weren't getting updated information. You were just listening to people or watching people react to what was occurring with DeMar Hamlin at the time. And I think that when you go through that, you didn't really, you know, like you realize you're probably not producing uh, something different, but I mean, it was, it's an, it was a, it was a very like beyond scary situation for the NFL. And you could tell based on their reaction of it, Nick. I mean, I, I was surprised that I, as much as I wanted the NFL to cancel that game in those first 10 minutes after that, I wasn't confident they would like, I didn't think they'd postpone. I thought at some point those guys were going to have to go back on the field and play football. And you were watching Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs cry on the sidelines. Yeah. I hadn't even turned the game on yet. And I, I was, I think I was on Twitter or maybe you texted me or something. I, I don't know. I was in a group chat and somebody said something and then I, I, I think I flipped over to Twitter at that point and I saw people, it's the same sort of, Reaction, I think, in the immediate aftermath that you get when somebody has a really ugly knee injury or something like that, that didn't look good, right? Nobody yeah. was really speaking with much detail, and that's when I saw the video, and I was like, oh. Like, that that's the sort of feeling that is almost foreign because when we think about the, like you said, the debilitating injuries that guys get on the field, it's concussions, right? Like watching Tua earlier this year on Thursday Night Football – where you say, okay, like this is serious. This is bigger than a knee injury. This is this is the kind of stuff that can stick with you. You don't often think about a guy going into cardiac arrest and being administered CPR in the middle of a football field. That's something that none of us ever consider, even as a rarity. It does not happen. And so you take a step back and think about like how much we we agonize over the sports side of the NFL all year long. And then you see something like that happen and everything feels so small and everything feels so insignificant, including the outcome of the game, including the play, everything we were talking about going into it, right? The outcome of the game, the playoff implications, uh, how this is going to affect Kansas city. All of that feels so distant right now. Well, because I mean, from an NFL standpoint, it happened on, the single biggest Monday night football game of the entire year. A standalone game, Nick, like all by themselves to this huge matchup that everybody was anticipating. You're right. By the time you got to what, what had occurred, we were no longer discussing or having a conversation around what the conversation was going into that game Two AFC powerhouses getting ready to duel it out for what could determine the number one seed in the NFL playoffs and the things that come with super important primetime games for the NFL. They had a huge audience and a massive stage for their scariest moment in decades because scary moments in the NFL happen somewhat regularly. Whether we want to admit it or not, we're kind of numb to it a little bit, Nick, to your point, where... We watch the Tua injury and we're like, ooh, that was scary. And we say it and we come on the air the next day. We're like, that was they, pretty scary. But they, but they stayed on the field and finished the game, right? Yes. Because there is a, there's a line of the type of things that you're used to seeing on the field that you're okay moving on with. And last night was clearly well over that line. Yes, and that's it. And that that's where, like I, I heard Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride this morning said, you know, like I f- he felt like, and, you know, I think people want to go to me like, oh, it's a Twitter mob mentality or – the text line will tell you, like, oh, it's just a mob mentality when you're going after the NFL for the hand, how they handled it. I think they could have made the decision sooner. But the thing I can't get away from the NFL, they could have made the decision sooner in my mind, right? Um, they'd be like, well, you know, they need to work through some things. Work through suspending this game? I don't think so. That's nothing to work through. They could have done that and then figured out the rest later. But even if I'm just giving them a pass on the amount of time it took to make those decisions, because there are very serious conversations going on at that time. The... The players will have five minutes to get ready part is going to live in infamy. And Troy Vincent can't convince me 
because he's the one who came out this morning as the NFL spokesperson and be like, ah, no, no, that never happened. Joe Buck said it on the broadcast. We then watched Joe Burrow start getting warm. And then we saw, after that announcement was made, the two coaches meet at midfield and then take their players off the field. I don't think that the timeline of that is insignificant. Troy Vinson is in, like most leagues would be, cover your ass mode. And I think that that's probably what occurred during that moment. The NFL, like the entity, it's hard because like the, the big entity, the NFL, which is hard because you're not putting it on one individual or singular thing in that moment. They were ready to play football again, I think. I think they would have had the players go back out there. And cooler heads prevailed, as in McDermott and Taylor got out to midfield. And between that and the players' reaction, we're like, we're not going to, you can't make us play football right now. We'll suffer the consequences that occur after this game, or we'll find out whatever decisions are made. If we got to play later, if we got to play, if it's a, whatever. We'll figure all that stuff out later. I can't get over the fact that I think it seems fairly obvious to me the NFL was ready to play that game for a second, right? Like maybe it was only a couple of minutes, like a small window of time in which they were considering it and then realized, because I'll give them credit. Most of the time what we talk about is, in the end, did you make the right decision? Did they make them get back on the field, Nick? No, they didn't. They made the right decision. The game got postponed. They got them off the field. They sent their guys home. Okay. But it's just like, why Why for even a moment, for a split second, did you think, hey, guys, get warm for about five minutes and then, and then we'll get back out there? I don't know who's making the call at that point from the NFL. Like, I, is, I, I doubt it's Roger Goodell. So, in the end, it was Roger Goodell. In the end, in the, in the, in the moment. moment, it could have been the refs. It could have been a couple of league officials. So, I guess I, I'm willing to not crush them for that, knowing that it's probably a very chaotic moment. stretch of time where you're not sure who should be making the call. You're not sure exactly what's going on on the field. Now, the NFL is obviously privy to more information than the general public is, so I'm sure they knew that he was being administered CPR, and that alone is probably enough to say, wait a minute, let's take a step back here and sort of process this before we just throw these guys back out onto the field. But it's not surprising to me that the default is to go to what they always do, which is, all right, like we, we play through everything. We're going to play through this. You're right. Like, they could have made the decision sooner. Again, I don't think history is going to remember that the NFL took 25 minutes longer or half an hour or an hour longer than you thought they should have to ultimately call this game off. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's easy to crush them for a lot of things, but I think it's a chaotic moment. And I don't like the hand-wringing in the immediate aftermath of trying to make sure we're posturing online and saying all the right things and saying that this game shouldn't be played like they they took some I think we do the same thing with like players, right? A player gets arrested off the field. You need to cut him right now. What are you waiting for? A coach does something nefarious. You need to fire him right now. What are you waiting for? What's taking so long? Fire him. We do this a lot. So this happened with the as long as you get to the, as long as you get to the correct end result, I I don't think we should really harp too much on how long it took you to Look, get there. I'll, I'll the timing part of it I really I mean I the part that concerns me is that the NFL does have a deep history of minimizing problems. Like, just go back to concussions and some of the judgments they wrote during that time, right? Like, they, they tried to cover it up. They didn't want to pay for those problems, right? So the NFL doesn't have a great track history of player health and safety. Now, that's not surprising. I know that. Like, if you really thought in your – like, if you really thought that the NFL deeply cared – a player yourself, then you were lying to yourself a little bit, right? They are a business who operates like a business. I am glad, though. I am very glad. You're right, Nick, because, like, it doesn't have to be an applaud, but good. Good. You got the decision right. You didn't make them go back out there and play a game. Because I, like, that's the part that I can't, like, we talked about the stuff and how scary it is. I cannot imagine what it would be like to try to be one of those players having stood around in a circle watching a team of doctors try to perform CPR to resuscitate your teammate and then have to go back out there and try to play some version of an NFL football game. It doesn't, honestly, it's not that hard to imagine because just imagine if it were in any other workplace. If that happened to someone in this building today, Nick, and they're like, well, you know what? Just go back out there and talk for a few hours. If you don't mind, be like, I'm sorry, what? No, I don't think I'm capable of doing that today. So... I'm going to need some time in order to figure that out. And I think that that's 
that's at least the part that I can like. I I do think they got the decision right. Like in the end, I was critical. I'm like, you should have called it. Call this game. You don't have to wait this long. But if they took a couple of extra minutes and still came to the right decision, then in the end, I'm not going to bury them forever over what is a very difficult decision in a moment that was pretty unprecedented. That's the on-field part you're talking about. How do you know what to do when this is a situation that the NFL hasn't really been in? Nick, they know how to handle torn ACLs. They know how to handle, like, we, we joke about, not joke, but, you know, we've talked about all the different ways that coaches have gotten sideways with teams, right? Like a player would get hurt on one side of the field and they just like walk down to the other and be like, all right, well, I'm just going to keep this going, right? It's a, it's a certain mindset um, that is like kind of into you in the NFL where, you know, you're a gladiator and you keep playing and this is what it is. But I don't believe, I don't believe Troy Vincent last night when he's like, ah, they, they weren't given a five-minute warning when everything in the broadcast kind of appears that way. Yeah, I mean, that the, the five-minute warning part certainly – is more damning than taking too long to yeah those aren't the make same. the final decision now that's the part that is a little troubling but I think again it feels almost like misplaced anger if I'm sitting here today and like the first thing I'm thinking about is the NFL taking too long or the NFL giving them five minutes like there's a guy in you know critical condition who's by all accounts not breathing on his own. And then, and then, you know, people are are bringing up the fact that, you know, this. I see it on the text line, and that it, it might not be a football-related issue, right? It could have been, you know, something. Could you have know, been that he already had something. Yeah. Which is totally right, but I think it's it's kind of not the point. I don't really think, I mean, I you know we're certainly not sitting here talking about how football caused this issue, but it happened on a football field, on national television with the entire NFL fan base watching, right? Like two big teams. Think about the, this could have been a noon game against the Lions yeah. where nobody's watching because it's saddled in the, in the middle of nine other games. This happened on ESPN on Monday Night Football between two of the top teams in the NFL. Everybody was watching when a player went down with a heart issue on a football field. Like that is going to bring attention to it and it's going to bring discussion around it in a way that you wouldn't have in virtually any other situation. No. Yeah, the magnet the magnitude of the game heightened the magnitude of the moment. And the moment itself was already obviously it would have been a big deal even if it was what you described, Nick, that noon Lions game. But the amount of eyes on it would have been so different from that perspective that it just kind of changes the way they did it. And I mean Credit to this is this is why, like I think uh, it was a doc. It was you know like one of the former team physicians on um, Twitter last night was like, as scary as it is, like if you're gonna like if you have a heart attack, the safest place to be would just be like you're already in a hospital, and maybe the next best place to be on earth would be an NFL football field because in those moments there are a lot of people who can help you. Like, and they did. They rushed to his assistance. They did all those things. Like, they resuscitated him. They got him well, to the I mean, hospital. And, and how many times do we hear about a kid? And a lot of times it'll happen in college, right? Because that's the first time where many of these athletes are receiving, like, professional medical treatment in their lives. You're not getting that in high school. And a lot of times that's when guys, when they're doing some sort of physical screening, they will find out that they've got some underlying yeah. issue that they never would have found out about otherwise that forces them to retire from the sport early, right? So you don't have a Lynn bias situation where you're like, oh, we, this guy had, had this issue that nobody knew about and it ended up killing him and it ends up being this sort of infamous story and a warning sign of what can happen if these things go untreated it's almost rare that a guy would get to that level and, and not find out about it because in a weird roundabout way, sports and the medical treatment that they do receive has saved a lot of people's lives because yeah. they find out about these things in a way that like you or I wouldn't because we're not getting this sort of medical attention on a, on a daily or weekly basis. Uh, Kevin Clark, I think his article up at the ringer had pointed out, you know, it's not, it's not that this has never happened. There's been a couple of times in the last decade that it's occurred on the soccer field where 
this has occurred, and, and one not that long ago. Like, I remember us all, me, you, and Alex, Nick, texting about Ericsson for the Netherlands. Like, we saw this happen not that long ago, and they had to perform CPR on the field for a teammate, and at that time, I think they continued the match. And so it's just, like, it's not that it's, and, and you never know what's going to happen. Ericsson still plays. The other soccer player he points out in the Ringer article, never had to retire from the sport, never got to play again. Like, because I, I get it in those moments. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being curious about the things that occur after it. I, you know, at some point, we'll have the conversation about what this changes as far as, or what, you know, more importantly, what is the NFL going to do now? Because I imagine, Nick, that these were some pretty long meetings overnight of, can we even resolve any of this? Because... You don't really, like, I think in the NFL's perfect circle, they wouldn't have to make a decision until they have an answer on the health and safety of DeMar Hamlin. But I don't know how quickly they're going to get that answer, right? We don't, I don't know how quickly they're going to get that answer. They don't know how quickly they're going to get that answer. They're going to have to make, most likely, make or come to some decisions before getting an answer on how healthy he is. Again, normally by the time, and it's weird, right? Because in a way... The NFL has a celebrating things that would normally seem like bad news. If you got hurt, Nick, and I'd be like, oh, you know, he's wiggling all of his fingers and toes. I mean, that is good, but, like, there was a very serious catastrophic incident that led to that moment before. And the NFL kind of drives you in a mode where you're driven to think more about the small positive versus the very serious thing that happened. But in this case, you know, the serious thing is so overwhelmingly on top that you can't think of anything but that. I get what you're saying about the hand. Because, like, the text line is, like, I think, you know, four hours of Fesco in the morning and eight hours of ESPN coverage last night and two hours of the game coverage last night. I'm sure there are people at 1021 that are, like, they're still thinking about tomorrow and they want to do that. But then it, it does start to feel like you're looking for someone to blame because that's what a lot of people do in times of stress or grief or... Um, any of those things, which can certainly come, or bad memories of anything that have occurred to you that are similar in these regards. So then uh, immediately you do it the normal thing. You're like, you're looking for people to blame, and Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell becomes a pretty easy person to blame. Because here's the thing. No matter the decision they make on this game, whether to play it, whether to postpone it further, I'm not sure anyone's going to try to declare a win for them because they're still going to be wondering what's going on with DeMar Hamlin. By the way, the the one thing that was really good out of all this last night, not that there's good, but the, the charity stuff, Nick, I assume you saw this by now. Yeah. Not that everybody hasn't, but, you know, Twitter sleuths are very quick or social media sleuths are very quick. They found his charity drive, which is, of course, ended. So, like, his charity drive was like, oh, you know, we're going to deliver toys on the 22nd. But his GoFundMe is still open. So it's like, oh, you know what? We'll just donate a couple of bucks so that his toy drive can live on forever. He is going to have to get a very big board of directors, Nick, because as of the most recent count, his charity foundation number is up to $3.8 million. And as a reminder, the initial goal for this charity drive was $2,500. He's just trying to get $2,500. And he ended up at $3.8 million and going, obviously, because last night... When I first saw people starting to tweet about it, the first time I clicked on the link, Nick, I think it was at 13,000. So like 9.30 last night, 10 o'clock last night, somebody had sent out the link and be like, hey, if you're looking to do anything, here's a charity thing. And I clicked on it. I'm like, wow, it's up to 13,000. That's cool. Um, and then like an hour later, it was at 600,000. And an hour after that, it was at like 1.2 million. And then, you know, by this morning, it's at 3.8 million. Like, it's just kind of a wild scene. Like, I like... Like, for, the, for all the hand-wringing you're talking about a little bit, Nick, I like that we still, like, you can feel good about the world in moments like this, don't you? Like, that's this is an objectively great thing that has come out of this. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I don't know, man. It's so weird to talk about because everything seems so secondary, but of course it yeah. is. Like, of course, if there's money being raised for charity, uh, that's a great thing. Obviously, you wish it wouldn't take such a horrific event like that to you know, make it happen, but um, you know, I'm sure 
he will be hopefully will be happy to find out about that whenever he you know his health condition improves but it's just uh it's so it's so eerie you know for us to sit here and and talk about something like that in a game that everybody's watching for different reasons all across the country and now you're sort of forced to rewire your brain to think about things in a completely different fashion because uh, there, there, there's there's no way to humble yourself or to humanize this game quite like something like that happening on a football field. I imagine it will stick with NFL fans and, of course, the players on the field for a very, very, very long time. We come back here on Cody and Gold. Let's talk about what the NFL can do now because as a result of what happened last night, they've got a mess on their hands. What comes next? There's Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back in here on Cody and Gold, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Maybe the Odyssey app. I got some emails that said it was down, so we'll see. Um, I'll let you know, hmm. I guess, at least as that goes. I have nothing to do with that. Wow, that's a shocking revelation. The Odyssey app is not working. Yeah. It's having some service issues. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so is right. Cody Tapp, Nick Schwartz with you. Alex is out today. Scheduled day off. He'll be back with us tomorrow. Full show back in action. we we'll get you ready for probably Chiefs Raiders this upcoming week. Obviously, we're continuing our conversation about DeMar Hamlin and what took place last night in the Cincinnati and Buffalo game. And now comes because the NFL is stuck. Like you can you can see that there, to this point, there hasn't been a new update on his current status, how he is, how he's doing, what's the prognosis, what's the outlook. We know last night, Buffalo flew a majority of their players home. Obviously, certain people stayed back to be with Hamlin, but they flew a good portion of the staff and the players home last night after the game, after waiting around for several hours, trying to decide what was next. Now... The NFL is stuck in a very difficult, a very difficult 
decision on what to do. Because I think it's really hard to know what they'll do next. Do they hear the choices as far as I can tell? Nick, tell me if I'm missing one. The NFL can have Buffalo, and they can have Buffalo and the Bengals play tomorrow and then play again on Sunday. That would be a four-day rest situation. That's no different than playing on Thursday night football. So that would follow the same guidelines of amount of days of rest. They can push the entire NFL schedule back a week. They can take back away that bye week between the AFC and NFC conference title games, and they can get rid of it, push the entire NFL schedule back a week, have Buffalo and Cincinnati play a standalone game this weekend, and let everything start back as normal next week. They can call it a draw. They can call it a no contest or a tie. They can just say both teams have a one in the tie column and and do it that way. Are there other options or are those the three things available to them on the on the table? I guess other than saying it was 7-3 at the time the game was postponed and Cincinnati's the winner, but that would seem like the last thing they would do in this situation. I think that there's a chance they'll play tomorrow, that they'll have them play tomorrow. Because as much as we go back to the same thing about the health and safety and the things we just talked about the NFL, they care about how their schedule operates. Okay, but let's just go through that, though, all right? So, first off, that is to assume that the NFL, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but are you saying that the NFL will make the final decision without consulting with the Bills or the Bengals? I think they'll talk with both those teams. Because if one of those teams comes... I think they'll talk with them and the NFL. Because here's what I think is going to happen. If I'm the Bengals, I'm saying, hey, this happened to their team, I'm not going to make a decision that overrides whatever they want to do. Like, right, if I'm Zach Taylor, and and I would imagine that's part of what the conversation's that were had between Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott on yeah. the field were, which is, hey, whatever you guys want to do, we're okay with. And I would guess that sentiment is being echoed again today or tomorrow, whatever, right? Whatever you guys want to do, we're okay with. So if the, if the Bills say, we're good playing the game, the Bengals will say, okay, we'll play the game again. If the Bills say, there's no way that I can look in these guys' faces and say, okay, let's get back on the plane and let's go finish that. Because then when you do that, Cody, it's going to be the weirdest game in the history of the NFL. The weirdest game in the history of the NFL. Where all we're going to be talking about the whole time is what took place on Monday night. And I think the players know that, which is why it 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 would be pretty surprising to me if, like, Sean McDermott is sitting there at the facility today and looking in those guys' faces or asking them, like, what do you want to do? And they say, yeah, let's go play. I'd imagine they say, screw that game. Like, we need some time to process while so, we figure out if our guy is going to be okay. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, I totally, I understand what you're saying. I don't know if anybody listened to it. Derek Johnson was on the morning show. I mean, I know people listen. I just don't know if you happen to hear it, Nick. But Derek Johnson was on the morning show, and he was talking about they played a game the day after Javon Belcher. Yeah. The, the, the next day. And I know that there's a finality, like they knew what had happened with their teammate, but a teammate had died the day before in a, in, under really gruesome and horrific circumstances. And they played an NFL game. They played a game together the next day. Like I, I know that it's hard to imagine going out there and playing a game two days later. And I'm not saying they should, but I do think that the NFL will consider it because it seems it seems hard to imagine that they'll just call it a draw, I guess. I don't know why. Do you think the Bills would forfeit the game? Yeah, I think they would. I think I think if that's what the players decided, they wouldn't care. It is just a game. I mean, that there is real stuff to that. I understand. Trust me, I fully understand that there are technic there are playoff implications that are related to this, right? That if they forfeited, the Chiefs would be the one seed, and then they'd have to whatever, right? Who cares? But it's I understand that there are real things that come along with it. But I don't think in that moment the Buffalo players are going to let them decide that because if they did, Nick, they would have decided to play last night. Like if they thought that that was the overriding decision, they could have just been like, "Well, we got to keep playing." No, some things are bigger than football, and I think that it was pretty clear last night the Demar Hamlin situation was that. And they made it very clear it was that. Both teams made it very clear it is that. I think you're right. I think you have to. I absolutely think you have to 
let the Bills decide. And I'm not saying that Cincinnati is not traumatized by what they have to witness. But it is different between, like, a guy that you understand that you're playing against, Nick, and a guy who is your friend. They're your friend. You are in the locker. You spend hours and days, and you see them more than your family, right? That's what Hamlin is to the other Buffalo Bills players. And I think that that makes it, that should make it, their decision in the long run to make. I, yeah, so like that's the thing too is I see I I saw a lot of people last night and I've seen a lot of people today saying there's just no way you can play this game. Like how could you ever and I, and I and I tend to agree with that sentiment, but if the Bills players get together today and decide that that's what they want to do. Maybe and maybe they won't, right? Maybe there there's nobody in the locker room who wants to do that, but I'm just hypothetically if they got together and said, no, we want to go play for our brother, like we want to go play in honor of him, who would the NFL be to say, no, you can't well, No, so that's that generally I agree with you on. This is a very, this is a, this is like a personal life philosophy, right, Nick? You might be different. I don't, and I know that like you're going to make it seem like, because obviously um, DeMar Hamlin, his last check is in critical condition. That's what we know. Obviously, I'm not going to report on any of the other things that might have been speculated or not. We're going to wait till there's more information on those things to properly report that and to give you the information. But even in scary circumstances, there are grief. And I don't tell people how to grieve. So, like, this is here's a very personal example. When my mom had died suddenly, I went back to work two days later. Now, that might seem sudden, right? Why would someone go back to work two days later? And I needed a distraction, Nick. I need to not be sitting in a facility or sitting, you know what, right? I don't, I don't want that. That's not good for me. That was not going to help me process this better. I needed distraction. I needed to be distracted. So if you need time, you just want to be on your own, be separate, need time, need time to process, that's understandable. But if you just need to be busy, some people just want to be busy. I think leaving that up to the Bills and how they want to handle that situation is absolutely the right call. Now, I, I get it. Roger Goodell and the NFLPA are going to have to have a conversation, and they're going to have to call those teams and have a conversation, and then they're going to have to figure out what the next steps are. Do you think we're getting a decision on this today? Do you think the NFL today will decide how they're proceeding? I mean, okay, so... I, I, because I think, again, they'd I like to the know NFL's, what's going on yeah, with DeMar Hamlin, the, but that might not be possible. I think the NFL's probably got, you know, a preference into what happens, and I would assume that preference is to play the game. But I would think they're gonna let they're gonna go to the Bills and say, "What do you guys want to do? Right? What do you guys want to do? We're and, not gonna make you do anything that they that you and don't McDermott's want." McDermott's got to go talk to everybody in the yeah, and I'm sure McDermott and Taylor are gonna talk about like because that's the other thing that adds to this is that Buffalo went home and they would have to then get on a plane and go back tomorrow. The logistics of it you can figure out. Like, I know we kind of talk about well, what, how would that affect next week. They'd probably just push everybody's games back a day and play the games on Monday or whatever. That part's not that hard to figure out. We saw this last – we saw this during COVID. Remember this? Oh, there was a lot when more it flexibility. Was like, what are you going yeah. to do if this happens? You know what they did? They just moved all the games back a day and nothing was really affected. NFL teams act like they're – their schedule is so ironclad and can't be moved, and we, we learned that that's just not the case. But I think that I think that they'll let the Bills decide. I think they'll let the Bengals decide. Ultimately, I think what will end up happening is this game will be called a draw, and they won't play it. That's just my guess, um, but I feel like it's not really my place or your place or any of our places to have a preference on it. Wh- who are we to say what should happen? We are not involved. We are in it. We are bystanders. Yeah. So whatever the Bills and the Bengals, like whatever the players who are actually affected by this, like what they want to do, maybe DeMar Fa- Hamlin's family will have uh, something to yeah. say. Maybe they'll say, you know what? We don't want a game being played in which for three plus hours, all that's going to be talked about is our son's health. Maybe they'll feel exactly the opposite, right? I have no idea, but I don't really feel like it's our place to sit here and determine what we think the NFL should do when we are not affected by it in the least. Yeah, I I do think that whatever they decide, I'll respect. I'll say that. I because I don't and think And that's assuming that the players and the teams will decide and not I, the league. I have to assume they will. Because just like to have this happen anyway, Nick, right? Everything that's happening happen. 
if if then a story comes out that the NFL decided on their own, like all the players like, hey, we wanted to play and they didn't let us or whatever, right? If they let that happen, n- nightmare, right? They can't they can't play it that way. That's no good. When you were watching, um, so last night, obviously, the game starts. You say you turn it on right after because it's very obviously early. I had my TV on for all of three minutes. Very early on in the game in which it occurred. It was like right when I was laying my kid to sleep. So, like, the wife came back downstairs, and I was like, by the way, that this is still happening. He's still on the feet. Like, things are still occurring. Um, like, not, you know, like, she just saw him, like, fall back. Like, oh, you know, they came back, and they're like, well, he's getting looked at. Something we're used to in an NFL field. I'm always curious how people t- – because, like, I kept watching. And I not, – not for a morbid reason, but I was looking for updates. But I found myself being really thankful that Ryan Clark was on Scott Van Pelt's show and what I thought were very honest human being discussions about the circumstances. Like, Ryan Clark almost died on a football field once – and has very close relations to that. And they were having the conversations about the fact that his mom was at the game and had to ride with him in the hospital. And Scott Van Pelt was talking about how, like, you know, that's terrifying, but wouldn't you rather be there than not be there for your kid? I I was thankful for a little bit of the coverage last night. I thought everyone did what they could. Because as much as, like, like we do the show, we have ways that we prepare for this show. Nothing prepares you for that. Like, you're not planning on ever having to do this version of a show for four hours or three hours or two, right? Or when you, you're Dono Ventura, you're never planning on doing those shows. Like, I, and I get it. Some people just tune off. Some people will tune into Sports Radio today and they're like, I can't handle this. And that's okay, too. Like, maybe you didn't listen to a single, like, it doesn't, like, I don't think there's a wrong way to do it, but I do think that they did a good job in the coverage. Yeah, I, t- I turned it, this, as soon as they sent the two teams to the locker room, I turned it off and you didn't turn it back on. No, because I I realized very quickly what this was going to be. And, you know, the people, guys in the studio, right, like Susie Colbert, Booger McFarland, Lisa Salters, Scott Fimpel, I get it. All those people, like, they are still there, and they have to do something, right? The cameras are going, hey, the producers are saying, we're coming to you because. Yeah, I saw people being like, just run a 30 for 30. But no, it was a good conversation. No, because it's a news story at that point. Yeah. But I realized that I didn't want any part of it the second I saw a lot of it becoming about like, and this was, this was less TV and more of like online. Yeah. Twitter where it just became about like how the NFL handled it, which I get as a part of the conversation. But if you're going to sit there from this holier than thou perspective and criticize the NFL for how they were handling the situation and saying that they should have cared more about the humanity of this, then like, aren't you yourself sort of making this not about the guy's health? Aren't you sort of yourself yeah. now move shifting the narrative towards just talking? Because that's what's so easy to do in sports is just criticize. Like we do it after a team loses, like who's to blame? Who's the most to blame? Who deserves the biggest share of criticism today? And I feel like that's what we default to in situations like that. Well, let's just immediately you know, go towards the NFL and talk about how terrible of a job they did handling this situation. It's like there was a guy in critical condition who collapsed on the field. They were giving CPR to him yeah. on national television. This is a horrific situation. Like, that's that's the story here. Not about should the NFL have, have canceled the game earlier, how much are they to blame for the – supposed five-minute rule of warming up and then getting back out on the field. We can talk about it all that if you want, but you can't do that. Then while all out of the other side of your mouth, talk about how much we should be talking about this guy's health and his status and is he going to be okay. Uh, the Hamlin family has just moments ago released a statement on their son, Damar Hamlin, said, quote, on behalf of our family, we want to express our sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to Damar during this challenging time. We are deeply moved by the prayers, kind words, and donations from fans around the country. We also want to acknowledge the dedicated first responders and healthcare professionals at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center who provided exceptional care to DeMar. We feel so blessed to be a part of the Buffalo Bills organization and have their support. We also want to thank Coach Taylor and the Bengals for everything they've done. Your generosity and compassion means the world to us. 
Please keep DeMar in your prayers. We will release updates as soon as we have them. Thank you, the Hamlin family. That is an official statement from the Hamlin family uh, just just minutes ago. By the way, I know that they had said, and the, the charity givings, it's at this moment uh, getting ready to cross the $4 million threshold. If you haven't seen the Chasing M's Foundation Community Drive, people have sent out the links all across Twitter. You can find it on my page, Nick's, anybody else's. The GoFundMe page for his charity drive that originally he had had a goal for of $2,500 to support children, um, a children toy drive in his area at that time. It is now getting ready to cross the $4 million threshold. So I'm sure that that has, you know, obviously a, a, a nice thing to have come out of that. But Nick, yeah, I just, like, I, I you're always, because we all know the, you know, we were talking about, like, what does the NFL do? Obviously, nothing matters more than the guy's health. Absolutely nothing matters more than if DeMar Hamlin is going to be okay. But I don't think that, like, when we have these conversations, it always kind of reminds me, like, how we, how I want to do a show or how I want to have these conversations or what comes with it. I don't think it's wrong to be curious, to, be, to want to know what the NFL was doing in that moment, to want to know what the NFL is going to do now, to want to know how the Bills and Cincinnati, how this is going to affect them for the rest of the season. Nick, if this game's a draw, like if you said, you said maybe, maybe they'll just call it a draw, right? If this game's a draw, the very first team to play an NFL football game after this will be the Chiefs. That will be discussed heavily in their game. Andy, who speaks at 120 today, so does Patrick Mahomes. They will be asked and have to discuss that today. Like it is, to me, it's okay to be curious all of the things that come with it. No, nothing matters more that if DeMar Hamlin is going to be okay and nobody's ever trying to acknowledge something different than that. But, like, you're talking about, like, wanting to have those conversations around the NFL. And I get it. Like, last night, it's not a great time to start being like, like, I don't know, that idiot ESPN reporter who made who tried to make some joke about his parlay, right? Where your fantasy, it's not the time, right? Maybe don't. Maybe not. Maybe not now, okay? Like, you can find, you can be, you know, like, it's not... Joking about it? We joke a lot on this show. We have a lot of, you know, nonsensical stuff occur. But it's just, that's not the time. Not the moment. And completely unnecessary. Because to me, the thing you're talking about on social media, which is why sometimes stepping away on it, Nick, particularly in those moments are good are, is in moments like this, people are somehow not afraid to show how terrible of people they are, Nick, right? They're not afraid to show their ass. You're like, you don't have to. You could just say nothing. Saying nothing is an acceptable response. I get it. I don't have that luxury. We got to come on here. We got a four-hour show. We got to talk about this for a while today. We can talk about some other stuff too, but we got to talk about this for a while today. Not everyone has the luxury just, but like that is a choice. That is a choice you can make. Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, it's a stark reminder that you don't always have to have an opinion. Yeah, you don't have to be in the conversation on everything. In fact, oftentimes I would suggest not being a part of the conversation. You know what? New rule: never be a part of the conversation. Just, just avoid it. If you have the option to not say anything, you should almost always go that route. Saying something is almost never the right choice. That's a lesson to be learned from last night. Say nothing, ever. There's probably some truth in that, weirdly enough. Why don't you start practicing right now? Well, we have, like, a job. Kind of have to... You could protest. Protest how? What do you mean? Just no, don't say anything. Dead air. Dead Tell air till when? Two o'clock. Oh, well, I don't think I'm allowed to Show spec that. who's boss. Now I'm going to take it... Now, now I'm going to go to him? Yeah. Okay. I'm not as good at the thing you've just told us to do. In fact, some would say you're the worst. <laughs> you can't accept silence for more than like a second and a half <sighs> before you start getting uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I prefer, to, I, I prefer the noise. It brings me – I, I prefer the chaos. Do you think it's because I grew up in a household with like – there were nine of us? Is it that? Probably. Do you think it's that? Is that the – Are is you? That, is that what a therapist would tell me? 
How many kids did you have? Or how many siblings? I have six brothers and sisters and two stepbrothers. So the maximum kids at any one time in the house was uh, two. Okay. Cat and a dog. Various dogs, but normally two, I would say, was pretty standard at the time. Was it one of those things where, like, you had to fight for food at the dinner table, too? I mean, there was always food available, but, I mean, I'm sure, like, you wanted to get there early. We just ordered, like, Bigfoot pizzas or the Dominator. Do you remember those? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. The Bigfoot pizza is a pizza that is probably six foot long. So you can order pizza enough for six feet long. How does that fit in any car? I don't know. What is like a flatbed pickup trailer truck have to come and deliver it? I don't remember how it was okay, delivered. Well, I assume some guy okay. took it in the back of his 90s Corolla. There is no way. <laughs> it probably wasn't there is a six-foot pizza. It's probably like three feet long. I'm sure I'm exaggerating. Okay. It's kid kid eyes, man. Well, you said six feet, so I assumed it was six feet. I'll just assume you're a dirty, rotten liar from now on. No, it was probably like two or three feet long. I don't know. Okay, so now it's two feet. So it's just getting shorter and shorter the longer we go on. <laughs> Let me guess. It's a normal-sized pizza. It's not a normal-sized pizza. Personal pan. It was that and the Dominator, which was the Domino's version of the same pizza, were both big. We're both bigger than normal pizzas. All right, so people are now ruling on the text line. It was 36 inches long. So three feet. That's a big pizza, man. But half the size you originally said. Yes, fine. Half I didn't the look size. up the size. I didn't realize we were going to have a Domino's. You were 50% correct. Or pizza, if, Bigfoot pizza so conversation. You were 50% correct, which if this were an exam, you would get an F on it. That's correct. So. At least I tried. Got to count for something. I don't think you did try. I think you meant to deceive me. <laughs> I just meant it was a big pizza. We ate. It made sense. We come back here on Coding Gold. Nate Taylor of The Athletic. He'll join us next. To Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete for asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance. Gan Asphalt and Concrete, one contractor, all things parking lot, trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Alex's That Betting Show every Thursday night at 7 o'clock, right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.